Welcome to Living Chassidus. Together, let's live the Chassidus we learn. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Chassidus in the morning. We're starting, uh, this is already the second week. Good stuff's happening. And uh, Mitzvah Hashem, we're going to finish the uh, the next chapter. Parag Yud Aleph, finishing off today. After the fourth of five steps as preparation for davening, we'll finish. We'll finish off the fourth, and we'll do the fifth. Just a, a quick story, interesting, in regards to what we're learning. I'm watching a video last night with about Jonathan Sachs. Although Sean unfortunately he passed away, I think on Shabbos. So they had some interviews that Jem had interviewed with him, and he said that what connected him, what got him, like connected with the Chabad was that he came to 770 and he saw people davening and he noticed that they changed. He saw them, he physically saw them change from before their davening to after, to after davening. And he was like, well, no, he goes, I didn't know davening could do that. I think this is very apropos to what we're doing, trying to learn how to daven and try to have that change happen to us. So that was, I was like, wow, it's pretty cool. And also something interesting, if you want to check it out, the Hayyim Yom for yesterday, Chaf Aleph, Cheshvan, it all talks about uh, things from Kutches It's all about Kutches about davening. Yeah, with that little introduction, let's, let's continue. So uh, we're in the middle of discussing about having mercy for Anishamu. Because Anishamu comes from a very high place, it comes, you know, from being next to God, and suddenly comes down to this physical world and has to deal with physical issues. And, and it's, it's the whole Aveda that it has has totally transformed itself. Meaning it's not just as to do this, it's trying to do the same thing that it was there, just do it here. But now it has to eat and sleep and has to deal with the body and the Bahamas. So it's a whole different, whole different ballgame. Let's see. Page 114 on the top. Descending below, the godly soul is clothed in a body and an animal soul. Then even the souls of in one's mind and heart is altogether in a different sort compared with its prior service. So even it does do Aveda. With the mind and with the heart, it's totally different than what it was before it came down. Even this, and even this lower voter requires prodigious and immense toil. And even if you're doing the right thing, but the amount of effort it has to put in is infinitely more than what it had before. It's like running, and suddenly you start running on sand. You know, I know how to run, but running on sand is totally different. It's so much more of an effort. So it's within the Shema. Well, before it came down, all that voter that it did was, was easy, it was nice, it was fun. And now, it's a Veda in this world is much more difficult. Particularly a person should reflect on how he has further demeaned his godly soul by his unworthy thoughts, speech and deed, and even more, if you didn't do everything the way you meant to do, so therefore it's more of a challenge for, for your nephew kiss. So the godly soul is thus imprisoned and locked in exile within the animal soul, unable to ascend to serve God, so then it can't even do its Veda that it wants to do. So not just that before it did Veda and it was easy, and now it's hard, we also make it even harder for ourselves. Even with all the great effort and many preparations described above, and even if we do everything that we were talking about before. But the reality is, if we're not listening to Nefesh all the time, we're not listening to Nefesh Bahamas, so therefore, we're in this situation. Thus, the, so, the sorry plight of the soul is exceedingly great and oddly stark. So therefore, it's, we have to feel bad for the Nefesh For this reason, and it's our Nefesh we to feel bad for, not for some Nefesh for our Nefesh for this reason, we say in the, abundance, in the abundance of your mercies, have compassion on us. And this is why we're asking Hashem to have compassion on us. 
because emphasizing your mercies, but we cannot fully fathom the great pity on the soul since we neither understand nor sense its prior loftiness and height. Because we can't understand where the neshama was, we can't truly, truly appreciate what that is. We can discuss and, and forbring about it and, and meditate on it, and that's good. But he's saying truly we can never understand it. So therefore we're asking God who does understand it to have the compassion. Nor do we feel the enormity of the soul's descent. We also don't feel how intense it is coming down. Therefore we beseech in the abundance of your mercies since everything is revealed and known to you. Have compassion on us. Hashem knows what's going on. So we're asking Hashem to have compassion on us. The optimal time to awaken this abundant mercy is during the blessing of Avas The best time to do this is Avas a person can then easily evoke Avasalam, which is just for Shema. A person can then easily evoke abounding, abounding compassion for his soul, deep feeling, deeply feeling its pathetic condition. And we can feel this and we can connect with this idea. And what will happen? A covenant was made for the attribute of mercy that it will not be eternally handed with God. So there's a special rule that if you ask for compassion, you'll get it. To what level? Everyone, I guess, is different, but you'll get the compassion. In his abundant mercy, he will have compassion on the person and will open his mind and heart so that he can truly serve God. And when you ask for this compassion, you say, Hashem, please have mercy on my nephew kiss. Help my nephew kiss, please. Let him feel, get, have the opportunity to feel the sensitivity of davening and connecting and learning and, and doing to mitzvahs and it will work and that will help you daven. And that's the fourth step. Having compassion on your nephew kiss. Thinking about your nephew kiss, thinking about where it came from, and where it's gone, and, and, and have we been helping the Nefesh Have we been on his team, or have we been against it? And if unfortunately we have, which I speak myself, for sure I have plenty of times, and I'll say plenty, plenty of times during the day, we're working on it. What will happen is when we have that compassion, we ask God, especially in Avasalam, we read and we, we understand what we're reading in, in, that, in that prayer, that will help us be more connected to it, which will open ourselves up more to be out of Davin and connect with the Davening and transform ourselves. Number five, standing before the Blessed Ain't The specific preparation for that middle prayer, so what's the preparation for Shemun Esrei? Is that a person should reflect on how he stands before the King of Kings, the Holy One, blessed is he, and speaks to him directly. Blessed are you, you are powerful, you are holy, you bestow understanding, return us our Father. See, we, all these words are you. We're talking to God, not talking something somewhere. I don't know. He's saying, God, you have to, you have to appreciate God is standing next to you, so to speak. And, and you're talking to him. And, and you have to understand this, you have to realize this. This preparation is particularly apparent when one contemplates briefly, we did concentration, the greatness and exaltedness of being safe. And not just that you think you're standing in front of God, but you have to Think about what does that mean that I'm standing in front of God? What God, what level of godliness are we talking about? I'm talking about the level of godliness that it's manifest in creation, which is a much lower level of godliness. Hey, it's a good level, but it's but it's there are different levels. So what level are we talking about? How everything is not and is not before him, even the loftiest of levels. So we're talking about not that level of God that it, how he creates the world and keeps the world in existence. We're talking about the level of God way above all this. As the saying, the dose eternal kesser. Is a white light, a glistening light. It is black in relation to the cause of all causes. So even Kesa, which is the highest level that we can really appreciate, Kesa is that point that goes from infinity to the ability to have a world, something separate, a feeling of separateness to a certain extent. It's even way above Atzillus, which is the highest levels we can even think about. And if we understand, and the more we understand these levels, the more we can think about what that means 
And he's saying the level of Kesa, which is the highest levels, you know, it's like, whoa, the highest, amazing. It's bright light. For us, it would be like blinding. But look, it would be like looking at the sun spiritually. But, but in comparison to the cause of all cause, in comparison to the level of godliness, we're davening, we're talking to during davening, during Shemesha specifically, that level is dark. It's like dark in comparison. How great the light of, of that level of godliness we're davening to. We'll skip the brackets. Just talking where it says other other places in more detail about this. So all illuminations are darkened before him. The level of godliness we're davening to, that we're speaking to when we're davening, everything that is illuminated, brought out, is all dark in comparison to this level. In as much as they are all only a quality of light that is utterly removed from his essence, because they're all removed from his essence. And in comparison to his essence, essence of God, it's all darkness. And the essence of the luminary is always manifest since it is present everywhere. For the state of concealment and revelation are utterly inapplicable to him. Because saying concealment and revelation on this level, on, on God's essence, it's, it's kind of, say that, God forbid, it's a clean also, because it's everything. That is, that is it. It is before the blessed and exalted one that man stands and prays, page 118. And it's before that level that we're dabbling to. When we think about that, that's like, whoa. You know, and you spend, you know, one minute think, trying to think about this before you do Shemun Esrei. So suddenly when you start to say Shemun Esrei, you'll take it a little slow and you'll think about what you're saying. Like, whoa, I'm just speaking to God. Like, he's there and I'm speaking to him, I'm talking to him. And who am I talking to God? Not just the level of God. Like, talking about the highest of high levels. <clears throat> just a quick story, just to break it up a little bit. That when <clears throat> my wife was in seminary in, in Tzfas, so she befriended this lady, this girl, she, I think she had a cousin in the seminary that was Lubavitch. This girl was like uh, one of a, a different Hasidic group. She's a very sweet, able person. And so one time they were davening, she stayed for Shabbos Sunday and they were davening. It was a Sunday. And the girl starts crying during davening. And the was like, whoa, let's cry. I'm like, whoa, what a, what a davening. <laughs> like, she was very impressed, a little bit like maybe sad by the fact that we didn't, she didn't cry during davening. And she asked her, she asked her, she's like, I noticed that during Davening you were crying. Like, what brought you to such a feeling? So she said, when I was, when I was in school, I don't know if it was in seminary or in school, she goes, we got taught that when we daven, we should think about how there's a lion running after us, chasing us, and we're, we're it's chasing us, it's running after us. You know, and everybody watch like uh, one of these animal documentaries uh, in National Geographic, and you see the lion chasing its prey and capturing it, you know, killing it and eating it. And so that's what she was, she would, that was her meditation. And so like it freaked her out. So she started like, she was crying. She was like scared of this lion coming to eat her. I don't know exactly how it ties back into the davening. I guess maybe you feel like that's how much all I should have for God. So that was the meditation that she was taught. The Rebbe Rashav teaches a different meditation to realize where God is and how what level God we're talking to. And that, that's the level we're talking to. And it's like, well. So, continuing on. So this can be better understood in light of what has been explained elsewhere on the verse, you are a God alone you have made. So contemplating all this, the person will be filled with a tremendous awe. So we think about all these levels and how we're diving to not the level of God as he creates the world. Not the level of God how he's about creation in the world, but the level of God that, that even that it's even Keser, which is the lightest of brightness of bright, is darkness in front of him. And that's who we're speaking to. 
will be filled with the tremendous awe and in his soul will be a state of inner nullification. And you'll be like, you'll be in this level of like humility, like, whoa, like, whoa, you know? And it just like sort of make you feel small in a, in a, in a positive way, like, wow, you know, I'm so fortunate. It's like, you know, it's like you're standing, go to the Yechidus or something, stand from the rabbi, you know, you don't feel like so broad. You might feel, you know, you feel like this, like, whoa, like I have this opportunity. And you'll and and so you'll and the more you do this and the more you get good at it, so to speak, the more you accustom yourself to do it, the, the more you'll have that feeling. This constitutes the principal aspect of the Amira, and this is what Amira is all about. Namely, that a person should become nullified specifically. Shmanesha is about nullifying yourself and, and being and, and feeling that you're in the presence of God Himself. See what is written elsewhere concerning the difference between Amira of the side of Shema and the prayer of Amira, and see the difference in Shema and Amira, which Shema is not that feeling. And even though, just a quick thing, that even though in Shemini Esri, you daven for a lot of your needs, so you're feeling so small and so like humble and nullified in front of God, so what am I asking for my needs? It's because, as the Rebbe explains in the Sikhah, because yeah, the needs you're asking for is not for your nefesh Baham, it's for your nefesh kiss. So your nefesh kiss can fulfill its mission. And as we thought, we talked about in, in the fourth, the fourth preparation, that you have mercy in nefesh kiss. So how, I'm, I'm helping my nefesh kiss that I feel bad for, to try to help him to how to do a better job and have more tools. So my davening for my needs is totally fine because those needs are to help fulfill the mission while I'm here. And the Kitsu, summary, explains five preparations of the prayer. So we explained in chapter 11, Yudala, five preparations. And we, this is the second chapter we finished. Filter out thoughts of mundane matters and stand in one spot. The first thing we should do is get ourselves a good place to daven. We should make sure we don't have our phones on or turn on our phone first thing in the morning. Whenever we're davening, give ourselves some time to clear ourselves, putting ourselves in a good frame of mind. Second, meditate on chassidus while wearing to film. So then before we start davening, once we clear ourselves, our mind is clear in the right spots, you know, then think about a concept of chassidus. It doesn't say learn chassidus, meditate. You can also learn chassidus, but, but the job that he's talking about is meditate on a concept, meaning have a concept that you know and think about what does that mean to me? What does that mean? And how can I use it? How can I implement that in my life? How can I connect with that? And then the third thing, achieve self-deprecation, bitterness, that once in a while, you should just try to sit down and have an honest conversation with yourself and find out where you're holding and see if there's something you can improve on and try to work on that. Because if you feel you're good, so then why are you davening? Davening is about feeling that I'm, that's lacking and I need, a, I need to add. If you feel you're, you're not lacking, so then it's not going to help you davening. The fourth thing, arouse abundant compassion in one's soul. And then also you should, re- you should recognize that we don't appreciate the state of our nefeshul kiss and where it came from to where it's coming. So we're asking God to please have mercy on our kiss. Let us tap into that nefeshul kiss. Let him, let him speak. Let him open up. Let him be one making decisions in my life. And, and you should know that <clears throat> it never comes empty-handed. You do that, you ask, you'll get it. And the best time to ask for that is in Abbas Elam before Shema. And the last thing is before you don't actually spend a moment or two thinking about who you're davening in front of. And that will have now for sure help you have an amazing governing and yeah continue tomorrow have a great great day thanks for joining